mots. Nu, 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 nu. Mes ongles sont parfaits de salon. Oh, oh, back to the Française. Le getting things sur la donne. Now, what are they, now, what's the official name? I, I always see it called a storyline. You got something called a book or a series, right? Mm-hmm. Called a book or a series. I used to call it an arc, but they usually call it a storyline, right? A storyline, an arc. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. I got that, uh, let's say I bought uh, some uh, Usagi Yajimbo. You, the you samurai, did? Samurai Rabbit. Yeah, let's say I bought them. Okay. I haven't read them yet. I got a new comic app that... Uh, it's kind of annoying, but like I started organizing my comics for reasons I can't get into, but it, uh, it, it adds the metadata and whatnot and puts them in folders. It's pretty cool. So you want to button this up? Yeah, let's button it up. Okay. How you doing? Good, uh, good week? Big, huge week. Big week. Wow. We're jumping right in. We're being productive. It's productive. Yeah. Okay. First of all, I have a couple of short bits of follow up. First of all, listen to this. Oh, whoa. Okay. Uh-huh. Is, is that an aluminum? It's not an aluminum. Is well, it, it the it new be, but... Matthias Pro Quiet Key? No. Would you like to know what it is? May I share it with you? Please. Uh, yesterday um, was my birthday. Happy and, birthday. Uh, nope, 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 nope. Cut Fif- that out. 52 years young. 57 years young. You know, you're uh, only as young as, young as uh, you look. Yep. I just pinched two loaves right right now. Sorry, loaves. I think loaves. Loaves. Right. Loaves is the preferred. Pinch les loaves. As they say. Maybe in sur. Le merde sur la pantalones. Sur la table. Sur la table. Sans table. La table rasa. Now, did you study La Francaise? My uncle is French, so yes. Really? And you still talk to him? No. Has he passed? No. I don't talk to the French either. No. They refuse to even try to speak English. I have certain rules surrounding who so I am. So when did they get invaded so much? No offense. God. Um, they helped us in the uh, Revolutionary War. You'd know that if you listen to Roderick on the line. I'm not angry. Uh, no, uh, Tango, angry. Um, so, so that was me typing. Listen to this. Okay, get in. What is it? I got a present. I got a present sent to me by uh, by Jamie. So sent to me by uh, JXPX eleven thirty eight seven seven seven. Jamie's crying. He's got to change that to seven seven five. That's not safe. <laughs> but he sent me a um, hold for laugh, and he uh, or seven five five. What do you do? You can roll six six six. And then you get to change mod the uh, AX. Is that right? Like a chone? A, you get a, chone, a plus chone X, the, yeah. Or seven fifty five is. I use the numbers. Seven fifty five. That's that's pretty safe for your PHP, right? Now do you have to do, you have to, do you, when, when you when you want to make it executable without having to go to TextMate? You you uh, do do you chone or chmod? You chone. Don't you mm-hmm. chone the A plus X? Yeah, you can. I prefer the numbers. Hmm. Hmm. But don't you sometimes have to change the? Don't you have to chone it to you? You change it. Do you, do you chone to wheel? <laughs> I don't understand. I go look. The on group my Mac. is the group is wheel. But why are you putting anything in group wheel? I I I don't know what that means. I, I'm so confused when I go and change, like on my Mac, something's not working like I expected. And I go and look at it. I, what is wheel? Who's wheel? Wheel Have I is the wheel? group. I wheel, Dan, be honest. Wheel is the group that uh, root and uh, typically root and, and some other maybe system uh, accounts would be members Processes. of for certain reasons. Okay. All right. 
And and uh, there's some things in that that are probably uh, free free as installments. So am I allowed to try and make money with my computer? Is that legal? To so use, use a, use a computer for purposes of, of financial gain. Let me just stipulate. I understand that's a very selfish thing to do for the community, but is that something I'm allowed to do or am I facing a installment suit? No, you can do that. Okay. Boy, I bet that, that beard. I just... Man, there's, there's probably like most of a buffet in there. Anyway, um, uh, so, so JXPX, 1138777, send me a present. You want to hear what he sent me? Yes, I would I, love to find I out. I put it in show notes because I'm so excited about this. Uh, I'm going to try and use this during the podcasts that I do. Okay. And it is a Logitech K760 solar keyboard. So I'm green. Now it's a, uh, it's a, you can <laughs> You're get these. finally green. <laughs> I'm finally green. It's, oh, it's wireless. It says it wants about six hours of light in an office. So that's going to be a problem. Oh, look we at that. It's powered by light inside and out. By light inside and out. And what I'll do is I'll just leave it in my bathroom all night. And uh, here at work, I'll just leave the light on <laughs> 400 watt bulbs. <laughs> <laughs> so I can have my green keyboard. And uh, anyway, it'll, but here's the awesome thing about this. So it's the, you know, same. Okay, here we go. Cleric. Uh, it's, you know, the, the smaller key set. You don't get the uh, the home and the up and the page down and the numbers, but that's great. I, I can live with that. But okay, you ready for the sexy? First of all, it's not as loud as this. Okay. Right? We like that. Mm-hmm. So um, up on keys one, two, and three, there's a little Bluetooth okay. symbol. And so I'm typing here on my uh, Macintosh. And, and so I've hit one. If I want to be typing on my iPad... I hit Bluetooth number two, and that switches. It's like a, what they call a KVM. Now I, uh, I'm using the, the Bluetooth keyboard to be on uh, the, as they say, number two. And if I got another thing over here, another device, like another Mac, I hit three. Are you following this? And uh, it changes. Yes, I'm totally which, following it. That's, this is the best, and it's all right on the keyboard. I don't need a bunch of crazy cables and stuff. It's so cool. It's really great. So like I can have an iPad sitting here for something. And uh, anyway, it's really great. So thanks very much to uh, JXPX1138 uh, for that. That was very, he's such a sweet guy. He's, he's a very, very sweet guy. But, uh, you know, he's a technologist, but he doesn't know a super lot about computers or he changed that username. That's not safe. Mm-mm. You get the, what you call Well, it's uh, weird because his username is his, also his password. Yeah. Well, yeah, right. And his permissions and his chone. Uh, and by chone? the way, I just want to say because uh, radio, as, as you are well aware, mm-hmm. is theater of the mind. So let me describe this Logitech as I see it, and then you can tell me if the picture is accurate. It looks a lot like a regular Apple aluminum Bluetooth keyboard, same sort of size and shape. Mm -hmm. It looks like the keys themselves, unlike the Apple keys in this picture, it looks like they're sort of concave Hmm. a little bit. Would you describe them as concave? Oh, looking at this at an angle, I'm not sure. Hmm. Huh. They feel pretty good. They feel pretty good. And then, uh, as I'm sure the, the your uh, actor of the mind will explain, there's a little tick-tock, tick-tock, slightly over maybe one inch keyboard wide, one inch in height or so, inch and a half. All the way across the top of the keyboard is the solar elements, as we say, solar, the solar receptors. <laughs> and uh, it juices itself up like that. Isn't that kind of cool? It's, it's, not, it's not obtrusive. So unobtrusive, to, even unobtrusive. Um, so anyway, I just wanted to say thanks for that, and thanks for everybody who like, said hi for my birth. Thank you, everybody who said hi for my birthday, and you know did stuff. But you see, uh, you see what I got from Emerson. Did you see that? Did you see that comic I got? Oh, is it, did you just send me a link of, to this? 
No, it's in the show notes. Oh, the other, yes. Sent me an X-Men, classic X-Men, whatever it was, 190-something. It's the, uh, you know, they re-released all those. We talked about this Mm -hmm. off. Mm -hmm. But he sent me the, uh, with an awesome, awesome Marvel girl show and a lot of leg on the cover. (laughs) So luckily, it's in Mylar. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to get that thing slabbed. Slab it up. Yep. Slab it up. Slab. Hey, CGC, is that what they're called? Yeah. You get it slabbed and get a squeegee with it. How does that work? Do you get like a sanitizer? Anyway, it's been a big, big week. No question. Other thing. And if you thank you very much to Jamie and uh, I got some uh, shoes and socks from my family, which is awesome. And uh, I got uh, uh, you got a new show called The Crossover that I was on that I'd like you to briefly mention. I think you're recording a new one today. (laughs) The the Crossover is uh, a brand new show that we're doing uh, here on five by five. And you are you were on the first and uh, inaugural episode, if you will. Yeah, I was there when it got sworn in. You were, and you were there also joined uh, by me and Marco Arment. And uh, we, it was really cool, really great first show. Thank you for being on it. Called, you see, you just pretty, got pretty, curated. Pretty calm, pretty calm most of the time. You were pretty, I feel like you got it all out of your system on, because we recorded it uh, right after. Um, a really spazzy back to work. I was a good one. I was out of control, Dan. I sound like I'm cycling and I don't mean on a bike. So... <laughs> The conceit is, because it was kind of my idea, the conceit is uh, that you're going to talk to various uh, friends and family of the 5x5 network, including some of the hosts, and uh, have a free-form uh, discussion, that which is something yeah. I've always thought for the longest time was a great idea. You got kind of mad when Groobs and I did some episodes on our own. Don't even say <laughs> I wasn't. I wasn't mad. I just, yeah, I felt sure like it was, I wasn't. I felt yeah. like it was, it was taking away from... Something mm-hmm. awesome that I could have launched back then as a whole new thing, but you know, bygones. Yeah, well, if wishes and butts were, were nuts and nuts, <laughs> a frog wouldn't bump his ass a hopping. Wow. Look it up. I, uh, uh, those, check the numbers. I bet they're pretty good. I will look into it. Good epos. Good epos, too. And um, we call them episons. Mm-hmm. Thomas Epison. We'll put those in show notes. Anyway, check out the crossover. Who's on today? You don't have, I think I should take a week off because I don't want to overwhelm people. No, I know that. And we're actually, I'm, I'm scheduling. I don't want to ruin the surprise that we were going to do it today. We're not going to do it today because of the okay. other folks on there with scheduling. And I've got I've to get more militant, as you would say, about, um, mm. about when I, you know, I got to lay down the law a little bit about days. And, but it's a you new show, stuff. so we're still, we're finding its slot. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I did that in high school. Did you? It took months. Really? Still just to figure it all right. out. Ow, ow, ow. And so, um, 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 so that's gonna that's a new thing. And so, um, this is something I do not do very often. This is something I do not even very much uh, do for this show. I think we've done it about three times ever. But it's the first week of the show. If you like the crossover um, and you like Five by Five, please consider uh, going to iTunes and giving us a nice review and and giving it some some five stars because you got to get in there early. You yeah, know, with that starring. Yeah. And, we uh, talked about and, that during the show, actually. We did, we did, and I, I'm repeating it because I want this to be a big hit, even though I'm not really on it all the time. So anyway, uh, it's a it's a good show, and we talked about uh, we were supposed to talk about when to quit something. You've got that covered now, but we we talked about um, social media stuff that I I think it was uh, oddly salient. Did you say salient, salient. Salient. It was good. Salient. It was good. Yeah. Uh, Marco did not talk about coffee or CFL bulbs. Yeah. I did not talk about my blue light. It's uh, it's sui, sui generis. So anyway, that, that'll be in show. I think I already put it in show notes. Uh, did you see my copious show notes for today's uh, yeah, story? Yeah, I was arc? looking at that. That's crazy. Yeah. This is what I do in the morning. This is why we need to change the time. This is really weird because sometimes I see you tweeting at what looks like 5 a.m. your time, Pacific time. Yeah. Are you all right? Me? Mm-hmm. 
I think I feel good. Okay. Because you're why, tweeting why, why, at like 5 a.m. your time. Oh, in those instances, uh, you know, it just depends on when uh, when Junior when Junior wants to get up. You know, it's not time for Daddy to get out of bed. You know. Yeah. I don't get up that early anymore. Anyway, the crossover. Uh, please listen to it and uh, give it a shot. It's pretty good. Um, I want want to um, promote one other thing that I'm very excited about. Our friends uh, Jonathan Colton and John Roderick have a new Christmas album uh, called One Christmas at a Time. That's in show notes. I really hope you'll check it out because it's a riot. It'll make you... Uh, you'll still hate Christmas music, but now you have new Christmas music to hate. That's not nearly as annoying. And, and they covered all the faiths. There, there's, there's, there are 10 songs mm-hmm. on the uh, collection. I guess, I guess it's the CD. I don't know. And as I think I mentioned this to you, there are nine songs about Christmas and they do one about Hanukkah. Okay. Which we're in, which, uh, there's some music in the background and then John Roderick, uh, reads the Wikipedia entry for Hanukkah. So I'll have to, I'll have to check that out. So how do you do it? Did I do it right? Yeah. Well, it sounds great. And if you don't like it, you can live with your phone. Oh, you've been listening. <laughs> you want me to do it? Do it. And if you don't like it, you can go live with your father. <laughs> it's all about the syllables. It's all about yeah. the syllables. But the emphasis on the wrong syllable. <laughs> anyway, I think that's it. I'm, I'm trying to buy a new TV. I'm going to collect all the links people sent me about a TV. Dan, okay, let, me ask you some, let me ask you something. As a yeah, professional tweeter, here, which you are. Professional tweeter? Mm-hmm. Um, when you have quite a few followers on Twitter. and when you, mostly, mostly robots. You say that when I, I ask a, when I ask a question. You say you say that when I say that. Please continue. When I ask a question on Twitter, I am usually and I have what, a tenth probably of the followers that you have. I'm so overwhelmed and inundated by mm-hmm. any by you know all of the typical responses where you've got the one person who you know gives you some really good yeah, more you know, like clever remark attempt, and then yeah, then the other one. You shouldn't get a TV at all, you know, and, and so you get all this kind of nonsense responses. How do <laughs> why you, don't you just get a? Why don't you just get a 1080p lobotomy? Right. Yeah. <laughs> so how do you handle all? Totally of this? overwhelming, and I don't do it very often um, because I've never seen you do it. It's well, it's not how I roll. It's not not my not what my professional tooting is for. It's not your rabbit. Mm, not my duck. <laughs> God, I wish you listened to our show. It's so good. I, I'm going to start. I'm going to start. <sighs> after, so our, after our yeah. most recent conversation, I yeah. feel like I, I, uh, it, it's the least I can do. I'll pick an episode for you. I'll pick an episode. You, for you said this go. one before the last one was the one that I should start with. Is that still correct? That's a very, that's a very, uh, that's a, that's a guy would say, if you're going to listen to one episode just to get caught up with the uh, storyline, I would say go listen to an episode called Super Train. Okay. So the, I will listen to that one, but here's a yeah. question. Are yeah, you familiar with The Clockwork Orange? Yes. Do you have, have have you ever read the book? Oh, uh, I tried. That's got like an extra chapter, right? Yeah. Well, it depends on on whether you go along with the way it was originally published, like overseas, and the way that is, they, is it part of is it, is it part of the standard uh, Kubrick universe? Is it considered? Uh, yeah, yeah. But here, so here's the thing: if you, if you've read the book, it's <clears throat> uh, a lot of the book is written in this sort of uh, pigeon language, if you will, mm-hmm. uh, that. Um, Alex, the main character and his uh, fellow droogies uh, speak, which is called NADSAT, which is, uh, it uses a lot of words that apparently like, have like... Isn't it kind of like Cockney rhyming slot? Yeah, uh, and slide, it has like Russian, Russian words. So like yeah. vidi well would mean look look well, you know, and so there's all these different strange things. Well, in, in the movie, uh, yeah, a little bit of that comes across in the movie, not that much, uh, but like... 
in in the book, it's very very heavy duty with NADSAT, which is la- this language that he speaks, and the, a, a glossary is provided. Right. Do I need a glossary in order to really enjoy Roderick on the line? If I'm just going to jump in at ep, you know episode twenty six, for example, will I need a definition of terms or something like that so I understand what the the references are, or is it just I can right. just follow along pretty easily because that's what's me, been putting me off. Let me ask your it. question with a question. Do Go you ahead, need? Caller. Do you need? Thank you, thank you. Uh, first time, Grayer. Do Do you need to have read everything from X Men number one in order to enjoy X Men one hundred? Yes, it helps. It will. Yeah, do you need to? No, but you're going to be confused a lot if you didn't. Don't worry. In a few issues, Chris Claremont will literally tell you the entire history of the X Men in, in in the issue where uh, Cyclops leaves. No spoilers. No, no, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. You'll appreciate it more if you start at the beginning. But you know what? You'll never start at the beginning. You should be listening to this program. It's, it helps a lot of people. And if you don't know about Super Train, you will soon. And you're going to wish wish you knew more. I just hope to Christ you uh, have everything you'll need. Moving on. Uh, so that's the Christmas album, and that's good. That's really all I had to uh, promote, except for this uh, book and, and system that we're about to promote. But you got anything? You got any follow-up? Do you have any uh, emails you want to talk about? you have any questions? Uh, you okay? Are you okay? Did you just have, a, did you just have some I kind of I feel like I, I, I should have... I should have something. I, should, I shouldn't. I shouldn't. I shouldn't, shouldn't hold... Grab- the milk. The milk. With my right hand. Right hand. My right hand. You know what I just noticed like two days ago was that you put Way of the Future in the footer of the site. Yeah. Did you catch that? Mm-hmm, that's my Twitter bio. Oh, is it really? Well, you know, when you write a Twitter bio, you're supposed to use four <laughs> nouns. <laughs> Hold on. Let me. It's hot dogs, ladies. Is what you use that's that's of okay. But name. when you, uh, you know, the, the, your Twitter, Twitter bio, Twitter. I think for legal reasons, uh, is supposed to be what for? Yes, it just says way of the future there. Yeah, that's all you need. Well, what I should have said is father, thinker, lover, and human. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to, you know, uh, SEO expert, hang glider, onanist, and liar, or whatever. Not liar, confabulous. I'm um, fabulous, son. Uh, uh, Rosicrucian. <laughs> and four. But I don't. I don't. You're it just as way of the future. Ask me who cares. Who cares? Nobody cares. No. So hot, anyway, do- hot dogs, ladies. That is from a book. It's from uh, a book. Called, uh, Confederacy of Dunces, and I'll, I, we can put that in show notes because it's one of the funniest novels I've ever read in my life. Is there anything else we should mention? I got my blue light. We could put a link to. Let's see. I got this uh, Jean Grey doll. We could put in notes. What else we got? Let me look here. We got some nice baking soda. We could put in notes. All what are you sudden, doing with baking soda? There is that Joe for the Frank scabies? It, it's for the scabies. I make a poultice. Sometimes I'll make an unguent, <laughs> and it's good for removing odors. Oh, it's from you... the poultice, the unguent. Now listen. Uh, when um, yes, I don't want to say too much, Mm-mm. but if and when there's ever an occasion for me to be in San Francisco again. <laughs> will will I be allowed to see the parlors and your the which surround your personal private office as well as your private office? Pardon me, madam. I believe you've dropped your hint. Um, well, I have two thoughts on this. Okay. The first thought is uh, my my daughter. We had to. My daughter doesn't like come into my office anymore because even she's scared to come in. And and I said, no, daddy's. The thing is, my friend Dan's coming to town. And Dan will never be happy with how my office is, but I'm going to try and get the garbage out before Dan gets here. That's my goal. I said, honey, my goal is when Dan gets here next month, my, my office is going to be, but you know what? I actually, to be dead, dead honest with you, 
I think I'm just going to keep it like it is. Yeah, just keep it. And just see how long you can stay in here. <laughs> it's going to be like when you train the seals, right? You drop them in the pool with your hands tied. I'm going to see how long it'll be before you do one of those wily Coyote things where there's like an right. exact shape of you that runs through the window. <laughs> yeah. Help yeah, just the, ex- yeah, like it, you can see, or like in the, the one in the, the monster where Bugs Bunny goes to the, with the red monster and he runs through all the walls and you just see the shape of the monster. With- oh, I love the red monster with the tennis shoes. It'll sort of be like immersion therapy for me. Immersion. Immersion. My daughter, my daughter uh, saw a classic Warner Brothers cartoon in a hotel last week. It was awesome. She saw the uh, one with Marvin the Martian. It's, it's it was really good. With the uh, the one where uh, he has the, the Daffy Duck in the twenty first fourth so and a half century makes me angry. That one <laughs> with the disintegration pistol and well, what do you oh, know? Yeah, what, it disintegrated. What, is, what is you call it the disintegrator or whatever, and he has to keep going and being reintegrated. <laughs> yeah, it's really it's a cautionary tale. It's a lot like uh, a lot like this show. Yeah, mm, I was going to say Milton, or maybe an R.E.M. song. You're thinking of Milton Berle. Mm, just take out enough to beat you. <laughs> Moving on. Put some oranges in a burlap sack. and <laughs> Scott Simpson does the world's greatest and worst Milton Berle impersonation. Really? Yeah, yeah, they call it a, an, an impression rather than an impersonation. Too bad he doesn't have a show. He's a tall man. Gosh, he's tall, he's handsome, he can wear whatever he wants. He's almost six foot two, I learned, in the, the next uh, You Look Nice Today. You'll learn he's almost six foot two. Uh, all gawky. So gawker, you almost say. Do, 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 do. Oh God! <laughs> Talk about a poultice. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, so we had this idea. <laughs> we, I, I love our show, Dan. Me too. I like, I, 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 I like every episode. There's no episodes of this show that I think are bad. Me too. Um, Same, but. But we were talking about this um, and uh, our go-forward strategy. And one thing we were talking, like last week when I was being a total spaz, I hope that's not ping pong, I, uh, I was started talking about uh, what some of the business have called productivity things. Mm. I started, we were talking about lists and where stuff goes and capture and all those sorts of things. And so in one of our numerous offline uh, calls that we have almost every day, we, uh, we had an idea. And uh, it's not, it's not an, an obvious idea. Which is that um, I realized, first of all, that our show is nominally about work and productivity. Mm-hmm. Um, literally, nominally. <laughs> and uh, I was thinking that we've never actually done, I don't think, in our 95 episodes, I don't think we've ever actually overtly, mostly for copyright reasons, have never overtly talked about uh, David Allen's uh, Getting Things Done system, which is copyright David Code 2001. We have never gone into detail about, we've talked all kinds, we've talked around it like 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 a campfire, but we've never really uh, done a deep dive on, um, on talking about GTD, what it's for, why it became the animus uh, for me starting 43 folders and uh, the impact that it's had on how I think and work. And why it's been um, such a sticky and enduring system for so many people. Usually prejudiced and often spiteful or malevolent ill will. Mm-hmm. An intermasculine part of the female personality. In the Is that a Swedish psychology. death metal band? <laughs> Animus you, ever heard in, you ever heard Entombed? I would recommend starting with Entombed. Um, let's see. There's some other good ones too. You want to talk about, uh, maybe we'll talk about uh, Scandinavian death metal in the after dark. Okay. A lot of it's pretty bad, and they dress like uh, like uh, kabuki guys. Is that ping pong? I. And so Dan and I had this idea that we would like to have a uh, what you call a a, a, a storyline, where in the next few episodes we would like to talk more about some of the specifics 
uh, both philosophically and uh, pragmatically uh, about some personal and professional productivity stuff. Right. It's it's probably time. <laughs> I think it's, I think it I think we finally warmed them up. Yeah, so you know, I like to this. get the philosophical stuff out of the way, and I like to give mm, just under two years to do that. So anyway, that's what we'd like to do. So I, I'd like to talk about some of that today. Okay, but um, I'm calling an audible here, as they say in sports ball. We talked about doing this in two weeks. I think I'm going to say in one week. Um, why? What would I'd like to do is suggest that anybody who's interested in this uh, pick up a copy of David Allen's book, Getting Things Done, which is. In show notes, uh, you can get it on your various devices. I got to tell you, I would recommend getting a hard copy to read because it's one of those books that you'll you if you enjoy the book and you'll know after the first chapter whether it's it's for you. Um, it's 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 a terrific it, it is a terrific book that I've said this before, but I this is really almost true. Mm. It's just the I don't want to say it's the only self book, self help book that's that's good, <laughs> but it's certainly the most uh, practical. It's got the most practical, enduring, and painfully doable advice about how you think about your work of anything I've ever said. anybody Anybody who ever started, you know, following forty three folders, you know, back in two thousand four, is going to know this already. But there are a lot of people who don't. So I, when I say pick up a copy and read it, I'm also saying reread it. Oh, shoot, I got to post that interview. I did an interview with David Allen a few years ago, this 90-minute series of interviews. And, um, you know, he said something in there that really has resonated with me, which is if you've read Getting Things Done, uh, you'll get a lot out of rereading it. It's kind of like watching The Wire. Like if you go around the horn with The Wire, you go through the four se- fourth season, four seasons and maybe the fifth season, um, and you go back, back around and watch episode one, you, get, you will get stuff out of episode one that's going to blow your mind that, that you missed the first time. Um, and that's absolutely true with getting things done. He, he describes it, I don't know, being like, I think he says maybe like layers of an onion, like, you know, the like fir- just like an ogre. Uh, yep. Could be ogre, troll, ogre. Like in Shrek, he's anyway, not important. Hmm. I can't look at those movies. I can't look at those movies. They, I can't look at that. Well, not in, guy. not in 1080i like you're doing. John, John, Lith- oh, 1080i. I'm so going to be so glad to get rid of this TV. Um, the first time you read getting things done, I would say there's a pretty good chance that there's, there's a couple ideas that are going to resonate with you. The second idea is that there is hope and that there is, if you decide to really try the getting things done system, there's a pretty good chance that you're going to feel a lot less monkey balls. But really the first thing you're going to get is you may accept for the first time ever that the stuff that I talk about and say so easily that has been so true for me, which is you're trying to do too many things and you're not really doing all of them. And yet the stress of not having done so many things will weigh on you all the time. And worst of all, it will mitigate against you getting things accomplished (laughs) because, you know, you ever been procrastinating and like there's 10 things you got to do and you don't do any of them because every time you try to start one, you go, I really should be doing something else. Well, that's no way to live. So I think the first time you read this book, yes, you realize there's hope. But I think the first thing you realize is like you do a mental sweep, which we can talk, which we'll definitely talk about, Mm -hmm. which is when you sit down and get everything that's on your mind onto a piece of paper and it is so sobering. And the first time you read through the book, I think one tends to be very focused on the tactical components or components, as you say, mm-hmm. 
of the system, which includes things, and, and God knows every newbie's been through this. You go out and you buy all the file, file folders. You go out and you, you know, do all the, the productivity porn of getting things done. And then you get to this period two or three weeks in where it's almost like a diet where you hit this wall after two or three weeks where suddenly it gets a lot harder and the logistics of keeping it going start to feel like too much energy. In which case, you, as you'll discover, you may have focused too much on the tools and stuff because that will burn you out and not enough on the more philosophical, psychological change that this is meant to engender. Mm. And then the second time you read it, um, it sounds weird because this is a book that I've read four or five times and I get something different out of it, something deeper out of it each time. The second time you read it, probably you understand a little more about really accepting the idea that a project is a promise that you make yourself, you know, you never don't put a project down unless you can articulate what its success looks like. And then don't put any items on your list that aren't going to support getting those projects accomplished. You can really only have, well, David Allen says you could have 75 or a hundred projects in the way getting things done defines projects and, and not go crazy because you're using these action lists that are very sensible. And I think the second time around, you really get that. And then on subsequent reads, you get the much deeper part of this that, that you tend to, there's a section of the book that I would always tend to like read quickly and skim through because it sounded too much like high level BS. But he starts talking about these altitudes in your life of saying, you know, there's a, if you think about a plane, you've got the runway, which is all that stuff on your desk that you're freaking out about. But if you go up to 10,000, 20,000, 30,000 feet, I think it's an analogy that works. Like 10,000 level, uh, 10,000 feet, you could think of, I think he says it like as your project level, you go up a little, I don't, I'm sorry, I don't have it in front of me right now, but the higher up you go, you go from, oh, here's these projects I do. Oh, but those projects really support these, um, what does he call it? Areas of responsibility. So there's these things in your work and there's these things in your life and you go a little bit higher and you think about, you know, how you, what, what kinds of things do you want to do in the next year? You go a little bit higher and you're like, what do I want to do in five years? And if you go high enough, you end up with a, why am I on the planet? As he says, and mm. no, you don't have to go to that depth. The point is if you spend all day struggling with why you're on the planet, there's a pretty good reason your desk is full of stuff. And stuff in the David Allen definition of this is anything that's not where it needs to be forever, at least for now. And that all that stuff will weigh on you. So, so why am I saying this? Because I think this is a book worth reading. If you've heard about it and you're sick of hearing about it, at least give it a throw. And if you have read it and think you don't need to read it and read it again, please consider if you have time in the next week, uh, at least reading through it. Reading that first chapter is just terrific. Getting through all of the kind of getting started stuff is very useful but the book kind of has sort of three sections to it, if memory serves. And it's worth reading it through. It's a pretty fast read. There's a little bit of douchey business speak that is easy enough to look past. But, you know, he has this concept that's really central. He's a guy, he's a black belt in, I don't know which martial art, but he's a black belt, David Allen. And he says that to get to the black belt level of getting things done, you have to achieve something. You'll start achieving something called mind like water. And the notion in mind like water is... Is that a Bruce Lee thing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. It's, uh, it's uh, Exit the Dragon. If you think about a pond, like out in the middle of nowhere, if you take a rock and throw it into the pond, the pond will ripple and then it will settle back down to this, you know, kind of calm state. If you throw a pebble in, it makes a little bit of a ripple and then it goes back to normal. You throw a giant rock or 10 rocks into it, it ripples and ripples and ripples, but then it comes back to this steady state of just kind of being flat pond water. That's where you want to get to, where you're so okay with your own stuff that no matter what gets thrown into the pond, you're not going to ripple 
for three months after the rock has been thrown at you. Right. And I have, it's a, that's a little fruity, but I think that, and it's certainly been abused by the, the generation of productivity bloggers I've helped create. You're welcome. But, um, I think that if, if you can accept that, uh, you're going to get pickier about what you do. And then to get into my wheelhouse, um, you're going to look at, look at things like priority as meaning something much more profound than what seven things am I not doing today? So that's, that's my suggestion. My suggestion is, um, that you pick up, uh, a new or dog-eared copy of getting things done. I will do this as well this week and, and read it again. And then over the next, what, hopefully before we wrap up for the holidays, yeah. um, well, it's gotta be. At least over the next two weeks. Because this is, the, uh, this is the gift that we're giving people for the holidays, if you think about it. Well, and you know, and it's a funny thing because this is the time of year when the uh, movie industry puts out all of its hopeful Academy Award movies. And wow. it's when the self-help industry starts pushing out tons of crappy books. Because we're getting ready for that time of year when people are going to think about <laughs> New Year's resolutions. Oh, that could be a show. Oh, God. Don't get me started on New Year's resolutions. Um I got a whole thing on that. Let's okay. do that. We, we did that once before, but you know, well, what does that really mean? Well, it's a, it's a fresh lie for a fresh year. Cause if you were really resolved to do something, you wouldn't need a calendar to tell you that it's time. Kind of literally beg you not to get me started. Mm. So in the next couple of weeks this week, I think we should talk about it some this week and, and sort of maybe talk a little bit about my own history with it. I don't, I, you never read the book. You've seen it, but you haven't like read the book, right? Which one? Hmm. <laughs> Getting Things Done by David Allen. Yes. I, I mean, I read it, but I read it when it was like new and I'd sitting on the shelf and I haven't looked at it since. And when it was new, you were super duper stressed. <laughs> I no, was right? stressed because, I mean, because of it. Well, yeah. But I mean, like... <laughs> Is that what you mean? Well, I mean, it's a, I, I, I've never uh, yet had an intervention in my life, but I imagine it's a little bit like that where there's a whole big bucket of truth getting dumped on your head and you're going, um, I'm kind of busy for the truth right now. Well, the book came out in what, like 2001? I think 2001. Yeah. Okay. So that, yes, I would have been incredibly stressed. Yeah. So anyway, if you get a chance, there's also, um, I'll just say there's something out there that the David Co. company really, really doesn't like for a variety of reasons, but I really like, which is a six CD thing called getting things done fast exclamation point i believe it is out there as they say and that is a terrific audio um document mm -hmm. of the original and best forgive me david uh getting things done seminar it's the two-day seminar that people walk out going oh my god I'm so excited to do this. It's, it's really good. I would say read the book because there's a lot in there and there's some diagrams and stuff that'll be really helpful learning about the workflow. Um, for those of you who need the reminder or interested, I have copious show notes already in there, including links to um, a wonderful version of the Getting Things Done workflow diagram done by my friend Dave Gray, the guy who did my icon. Um, and uh, I would really recommend looking through show notes and having a look at that. And then, uh, like I say, over the next two weeks, I'll try to plan this out a little bit so it's not too random. But uh, maybe this week we could talk a little bit about how I came to this and why um, and try and getting you guys, if you like, inspired uh, to join us um, on the walking across the mind like water. Are you into it? No, I'm very into it. And it's not, I, I'll just say this. I, even if you're sick of hearing about getting things done, there are... Uh, going to be numerous things we talk about that you will. Well, this find is your. This is we're not. To, we're not just going to take like 
emotional readings from the book, are we? I mean, it's going to be more than that. We're going to talk about things. No, and 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 as anybody uh, who's followed the stuff I do, both of you uh, can say there is a lot of things or a handful. There are things about the getting things done system that I find extremely hard to accept and keep up with in any kind of an enduring way. And I will share with you the various things that are, number one, indispensable. Like you are completely nuts to not do these things mm. level of things. I'll talk about the things that are unique or nearly unique to getting things done that are definitely worth considering. And I'll talk about the things that I think are either due for an update because again, think about 2001 and how you worked. You know, the whole idea of context, which we'll certainly talk about a lot, was a real different idea in 2001. You might have a context called web, internet, online, which today seems a little bit like having a context for, you know, room or oxygen because it's so ubiquitous and, and how, to, how to think about that in a sensible way. So, so I'll, I'll also certainly talk frankly about the things that, that I would tweak um, in my or your own way. And, um, and I guess, um, I, I don't know, I guess, I guess the, the idea would be that you could decide if this is right for you, but also candidly, and, and in terms of disclosure, this has been a really big influence on me. I don't think I've ever hidden the fact that it was a big, between Danny O'Brien's early initial non-adulterated life hacks stuff and getting things done combined with the software, like, Quicksilver and stuff like that back in the day. Um, these, these are things that had a giant influence on me. 43 folders would not have started without that, uh, that weird kind of uh, admixture of things. What's the difference between a mixture and an admixture? Because admixture sounds fancier. I'm not sure. When you're talking about Danny O'Brien, just so I make sure I put the, you know, the right link in uh, the show notes, you're talking about uh, Danny uh, Moses O'Brien, the American uh, football quarterback for the Wisconsin Badgers, right? That's right. The, okay. he's, in the, he's in the East Coast League. All right, I put him in. That's going to go <clears> in the show notes. Um, why don't you tell me about something you like? I could tell there's a few why things. Why don't you? Why don't you tell me about something you like? Um, where should we start? We could start with Shutterstock. And this is where I remind you what our three sponsors are? No, I know what they are. Hmm. I could say I, I pasted You put them, them in the robot. Put them in the robot. But, um, we I also... know what I got to say, Dan. I love that Shutterstock. <laughs> tell me a little bit about Shutterstock. <laughs> I also have them here in this Google Doc. You know, I make a jokey sports ball voice, but I really do like Shutterstock a lot. And, uh... It's a really impressive site, an impressive service, an impressive app. Um, can you tell the kids a little bit about it? Yes. This is what they have is they have over 20 million stock photos. They have vectors, they have illustrations, they have video clips. And uh, w when you go there, you're going to find the images. And this is, this is one of the cool things about these guys is that they, their image collection, they refer to it uh, for good reason as a global image collection. This is because they work with people who are all around the world. It's not just, you know, it's not a U.S. centric. Because you know what? We have international listeners here a lot of them and you're going to find really awesome image packs they have tons of different ways that you can search but what, what's really cool is they have these things called light boxes you did a few of these light boxes yourself and you can share these light boxes as you've done you can share them with other other people on your team so maybe you've got a designer the designer can be sitting there putting together the images they like maybe it's the other way around maybe you're picking something that you want the design team to use maybe it's just for you it doesn't matter put these things to your light box. You save them that way. You can share them that way. They have an iPad app that's really cool for this kind of thing. And uh, one of the important things that makes these guys one of the many things, but one of the most important things that makes them different over Shutterstock is they don't nickel and dime you for things like high resolution images. Mm -hmm. uh, you need the high res, you just take it, you download, it. you get everything for one price. Uh, it's really awesome. They have 24 hour support if you need that, but their website is really good. And I don't know that you will, but they have that. 
uh, during the week. And what you do is you go and you sign up for a, a free account. You can browse around. You can pick what you want. And uh, when you finally decide what, what it is that you want to purchase, they have a promo code or offer code, as you say, mm-hmm. back to work 11, and it's going to give you 30% off. So check them out, shutterstock.com. Code is back to work 11, 30% off. Changing That's the it. notes. I had the wrong one. Simple. Back to work 11. Do you see how much I do for you, Dan? Do you see how much I do? I've never felt otherwise. Mm-hmm. Um, there are times in your life, here's the, here's the, the problem statement, as John Syracuse says, is, is that there are times when you, when you need something um, for your site, you need some art, you need, uh, it just comes up a lot. Like when I needed an, you know, an icon uh, to come up with for, uh, you know, you look nice today. I spent a lot of time searching. It was a real pain. Um, and this is, a, this is a great place to do that. So I just added this to show notes, Dan. I added uh, the search for folders just for fun, uh, to Shutterstock. And, and one thing I love in these, this has been an emerging thing in the last few years, is that you see back in the day, if you did a search for something, you'd get a bunch, you'd, well, this is a little bit ping pong, but do you remember when like every website had a foreshortened Asian woman? <laughs> for, for sure. for, every site had a foreshortened woman. So imagine a camera with uh, a really... Uh, Almost like like a fisheye kind of lens from ah. a, not a fisheye. You know, what I'm talking about the kind that, that that would really make the uh, where she's got a giant head and tiny little feet, and she's holding up a phone. She's holding up a StarTac. Maybe, maybe she's holding up I don't know a, a squash. But there's always like a cute foreshortened Asian woman on every site, and that's what it was. It was that it was uh, white guys shaking hands or a black and white uh, handshake, black and white handshake. <laughs> Is that what they call it? Monochromatic. Yeah, like synergy style. Synergy style. And, and that's really, I mean, for years we had a, um, there was a very popular, they're probably still around. There was a company that, uh, was, that was like the go-to for this uh, in the 80s and, and 90s. And we would buy thousands of dollars worth of these CDs of completely useless images, where as soon as you saw them, you go, oh, that's a stock art from a thing. Well, go and search for folders on Shutterstock and, and you'll see something really cool. You'll see icon sets. Mm-hmm. You go in and buy one of these, and in, I'm looking at some of these. Here's one where, like, a folder is included in a set of, oh, this is so cool, of, like, 16 icons. So you go in, you get that deal, and I guess it, it's a, li- is it a license? That's what you're getting, right? Yeah. But it's, and, it's, so you you can, and you can change and, the license depending on what you And you can go in and use that, use that for your stuff. Yeah. Uh, it's a lot more than just, you know, white guys shaking hands. I'm, you know what? I'm going to look for white guys shaking hands. I bet they got it. I bet, I they're, bet they're funny, too. I bet they're foreshortened. Am I wrong? Am I wrong? Do you remember the foreshortened ladies? I, yes, I totally remember them. Yeah. They were really big in, in like the early 90s. They were. But I only got like their first couple albums. Yeah. Yeah, I saw them open for uh, Folder Icon. Anyway, please go <laughs> to, uh, and, and we don't have a special URL. You just go to shutterstock.com, but you can use the code back to work 11 back to work one one. Is that correct? Yeah, back to work 11 It's the long month of 11. All right. Well, thanks to Shutterstock. It's 25.5, back to work. <laughs> <laughs> God, insufferable. That's nice of them. So white guys shaking hands. For SEO purposes, they probably got this white guy shaking hands. Oh, booyah. Going into show notes. Here's the thing. People love photos of white guys shaking hands. So, you know. I, do. I they, like it. I mean, we've got a couple of printouts of that. Yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's, it really is. It's, it's, the way, it's the way we communicate. It's the way we do. So anyway, um, what a great site. Those light boxes, last thing, those light boxes are great on the iPad. It's so great to just go in and uh, you can sit there in your repose and just add things to your, to your little box. 
Mm. Hmm. Oh, this one's awkward. Look at that. Um, so that's what we want to do. And uh, I think that in doing, in talking about getting this done in this case is, is the, as we used to say in the business, kind of our tent pole. You ever have a tent pole? Uh, I, have I, get, I get a lot fewer tent poles than I used to. And so uh, when I say tent pole, I think it could be the stake in the ground. I think it could be the stake in the ground for our deep dive because there are a lot of things around getting things done that I've discovered because of getting things done and lots of ways that I've tweaked it. I just think it's a good place to start. Um, I can't think of a better place to start. And uh, so I'd like to talk about that. Let's do it. Yeah. I, um, I have always been, um, I've always, I've, for as long as I can remember, I've suffered from a lot of the maladies around productivity and work and just getting stuff accomplished <laughs> that I think a lot of people have. I always was turning in my papers late. I was always missing deadlines uh, since I was a kid, right? I mean, I, I, was, I would never get my science project done on time. I was always getting extensions in college. And I, I'm still, to a large extent, like that. You know, they say by like whatever, five or six, there's cer certain things in your personality, you know, and by the time you're like 11 or 12, they're really in your personality. And so these are, these have been very hard habits for me to break in jobs that I've had. I've often felt completely overwhelmed, uh, creative projects, even I'll overcommit to things without ever thinking about what things I've already committed to mm -hmm. terrible. That's, well, that, that is a, I got to think it's a, because you, this used to be the biggest problem that I had was what you, you're just, and I hope this isn't, I'm not derailing what you were saying, but I don't know. the appeal of the new thing, whatever the new thing is, uh, back when I was doing the consulting stuff that I used to do, when I would take on different projects, I talked to different clients, you know, and I'm, I was always trying to, you know, secure the next X month worth of work. And, you know, you talk to somebody, even if it was not necessarily a client, they tell where, you know, we want to, we want to make a website about this or, oh, we want to build a system that does this. And then all you, you start to commit to lots of different things uh, until you realize that you're like way, way, way over committed, way over committed to stuff. And that's been on my mind a lot recently is, is how to avoid that. Even, even if you're totally organized in your life, it's still easy to fall into that trap of saying, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll do that thing too. Mm -hmm. And that for, for me, for many years, I had to learn the discipline to say, and this sounds really stupid, but like to say no, to be able to say as much as I would like to do this really cool thing, I know I can't do it. And I, I would like to say this and I'm not just uh, buttering you up completely, but mm. you're very good at, at least you seem to me to be very good at understanding what you can and can't do and understanding the limits of your own time. You're, you're, saying I'm a, you're saying I'm a tool. No, not at all. I'm saying that like, you know, when, when you decide to do something, and this show is a really good example of it, it took you a while to come around. And I still remember <laughs> that day. I was standing at the... So uh, you said to Tanya, you were in your kitchen. I was in my kitchen. Your email and yep. you said, said, you said, this you is say. the email. Yes. This is the email that I've been waiting for for a year. Yeah. And yeah. because it took, it took you that long to think about it and decide to do it and understand. To come around to your, to your point of view. To, the, the, the amount of time, and it's about making that commitment. When you say you're going to do something, that you're all in and you're going to do it and you make that commitment. And once you've made a commitment, you know, you, you stick to it. Until I uh, abrupt, abruptly and privately quit it. But 
You're totally right. I, I, <laughs> well, that's I'm, the thing is, is what's the, there's almost nothing worse than having to write. And I used to have to do this with projects and stuff all the time. Like you have to write, you realize at some point, like, oh man, I said I would do this thing. And when I said I would do it, like it was kind of a neat, fun idea in my mind. And like, we were all having, you know, we were having drinks. It sounded like a cool idea. And like, then they started planning on it and doing things based around the fact that I said I would do it. Uh, that it got to the point where I almost went like full stop and said, well, I'm not going to commit to like anything but one thing at a time. And that made a big difference for me, but it's really still, it's very easy to want to say yes to stuff. Yeah. And, and, um, we've talked about this a little bit before, but you know how frustrating it is for me with my kid that, and this is, this is all on me. It's not on her. She does her job. She's five for a living. And that's, that's what she does. And it's my job to not be five. But you know what I'll say, I said this fairly recently, I think, but you know, I'll say something like, okay, it's three o'clock. We could do, we could do this. We could go, we could go scooting. We could go to the library. We could go to the comic store. Um, we could clean my office. Uh, we could get a cookie. Uh, we could, uh, you know, uh, clean out the garage. We could go plant flowers in the backyard. And that was a total blah, blah, ginger situation because what she heard was we could blah, blah, we could blah, blah, we could blah, blah, we could get a cookie. We could blah, blah, we could blah, blah, we could blah, blah. (laughs) And so, so two things bad on me, uh, for not managing expectations. Well, another thing I really believe in, uh, is that first of all, she, there's no, I mean, she could probably believe that all of those blah, blah things can and would happen. I don't know if you ever get this, but we'll do the coolest of all those things that I came up with. We both have a great time. And then she gets tired. It's near bedtime. And she goes, we never planted flowers in the garden. And I'm like, well, honey, we scooted and it was really yeah. fun. And we got, yeah, they don't understand the, the either or that like you do one thing and not, not another thing. Well, and she doesn't understand that. <laughs> well, I used to say with you, she doesn't understand that concept of, of time and compression, that as you get closer to the time that something is due, there are fewer and fewer options for, for what you can do. If there is something that, that is the thing that you're doing, then that means you, you know, if it takes us, if there's something we want to do um, and we have to be home in two hours, if it takes us 45 minutes to get out of the house, we don't get to change when we have to be home for dinner. And I, you know, in this way, I feel mean saying this sometimes, but I'll just say, Hey, look, we got to, we got to leave the playground. We got to go home. No, you said we could play. I I said, yeah, well, what I said was that we could go to the playground and we got to be home for dinner at five 30. It's disrespectful to be late for things. It's, I'm not great at that, but I really believe that. I believe the way you show respect for people is being on time and being prepared. It's something I I try really, really hard to do. And, uh, and if I'm, you know, if I screw up, because like I, I want to get home and do the dishes before my wife gets home, mm-hmm. like that is disrespectful to my wife, and it's disrespectful to me, and that's something she's not going to get, given that her job is to be five. So I have to kind of do some little tricks to make that work. My point being, um, when when somebody comes up to you and says, "Hey, Dan, do you want to do cool thing?" Well, you, first of all, you go, "Oh my God, yeah, cool thing. Of course, I want to do that." And that's completely natural, especially in an office. It could be cool thing or not cool thing. Because when somebody asks you to do a thing in an office, you kind of have to do that thing unless you've got a better system for dealing with that, especially if it's somebody over your head, um, you know, above your pay grade, you're going to have to probably say yes. And then on your own, you go and move stuff around and now it's your problem. That's not unusual at all. Problem is when you say to somebody, cool thing, yeah, I'm in. 
when you're thinking, well, I really should check my calendar or maybe you're not thinking about it at all. The point is that's a blah, blah. All I hear is cookie situation because mm. they don't care how many things like if you say, well, yeah, I got a lot on my plate right now. And, uh, you know, actually my kid's getting a cold and, uh, you know, I gotta, I gotta get my timing belt replaced in the, and blah, blah. That's all blah, blah. All they hear is we get to have a cookie before we go home. If you say yes to somebody, they have got, it's like getting interviewed. Marco was talking about how you talk to those jackals in the press and they just oh, keep right. waiting for the quote that they can mangle into quote unquote what you said, which is totally accurate, unfortunately. And, uh, and it's the same thing. They're, they're letting, they're, they're suffering. A journalist is suffering you until you say the thing they called you to get a quote on. And that's the thing with your kid or your boss or whoever. All they want to know is, are you going to do it or not? And then it doesn't matter. Once you said you'll do something, you're going to disappoint them if you do anything but accomplish that better than they expected on time. And so the getting things done angle on this is, and this again goes back to stuff we've talked about almost every week. Um, if you don't know what you're committed to doing right now, if you don't know what you'd like to do once those commitments are done, you don't really have any way to say anything but yes, because all you know is there's this big, the pile of like thread and snot over here that represents all this <laughs> junk you've got to do. And you, you can't, you, you don't have a sense of looking at the actual landscape of what you're, what needs to be done. And so you might just jump right in and say, sure, I'll do that. Right now. Uh, come, well, I'll come back to the getting things done part, but this is an analogy I've used a lot and believe in, but you know, there are so many things we want to do. There are so many things we have to do, but the, the, the analogy I think of, which is appropriate to this time of year is like, what if there's this Christmas party that you go to every year and it's, it's like all of your best pals, maybe it's people you work with that would be good for you socially and professionally to go to this party and you genuinely enjoy it. And they say, okay, look, uh, December, uh, December 9th at uh, 7 PM, we're going to have this party and we'd love for you to come. You say, of course I'll come to your party. Right. And then, so great. Maybe you wrote that on your calendar. Maybe you didn't. And then you get another thing in the mail that says, hey, and maybe it's like this person that you want to make out with. It says, hey, <laughs> do you want to come over to my Christmas party? It's December 9th at 7 p.m. And you go, sure. And then maybe your boss says, come on down to the white guy club. We're having a uh, holiday party. December 9th at 7 p.m. And you say, sure, boss, I'll be there. All right, you're already in a bind. But yeah. now imagine you get 250 more invitations from people all over the continental United States and beyond where essentially you have to be all of those places at exactly the same time. You would never in a million years do that because you're not insane. You don't have a helicarrier. You don't have a bat wing. You don't have a uh, fantastic car. Like there's no way that you're going to be able to go at Mach 6 I think that's what it is. I was trying to explain Mach 6 to my daughter. There's no way you're going to be able to make it to Soviet Russia in, in, in time and still go to all those parties. It is physically impossible. And I hope you go, Merlin, that is so obvious. Because if it's that obvious, then you will start to understand that that very, very heavy bag of stuff you carry around with you all the time that's full of all the stuff you're doing, not doing, might be doing, is not so different from agreeing to go to 250 Christmas parties on the same night. Because you know what? You're not, you're not gonna, and you haven't accepted that yet. And what you need to accept is that you should pick one of those or maybe two of those. If you get a, uh, if you get some kind of a uh, driver or an Uber, you might be able to go to three, but wouldn't it be more fun to just go to one? Wouldn't it be better to manage the expectation with other folks and say, Hey, look, let's get a drink after the first of the year because I can't, I, 
we can't do that. In my case, like, what am I going to do? I'm going to get a sitter and then fly to Russia. It's not going to happen. Yeah. I know that sounds obvious, but what I think getting things done and, and, and productivity writ large, if you're doing it well, can do for you is to get you accept the insanity of that kind of an approach to accept the insanity of saying yes to so many things when you have not made any kind of documentation of what you've already said yes to. You have no responsible way to agree to do anything until you know what you're committed to doing. Mm -hmm. And that's where getting things done started starts. It starts with a very strangely freeing and incredibly painful inventory of everything that's on your mind, every little thing. And I'm not just talking about the one thing that you're procrastinating about. I'm also talking about the box full of photos in the attic that may or may not be rotting and you're scared to look at. Mm. Uh, it's also, uh, it could be the uh, uh, car that's almost out of gas. It could be the lawnmower that's broken that you haven't gotten um, fixed yet. Uh, it could be an expired license for your business. Uh, all the way down to, I, in my case, I hate how my daughter has 11 pairs of socks that only have one sock. I did it the other day. I, I put them on the floor. I almost took a photo. That drives me nuts. Every time I reach in there, there's one sock. Okay, well, is that stupid? Maybe. It's on my mind. It doesn't occur to me until I have to get socks on my child, but it drives me nuts. And you know what I do about it? Nothing. Without a system in place, you don't do anything. Classic example, when do you think about buying toilet paper? Do you think about buying toilet paper when you're at Safeway or do you think about buying toilet paper when you're sitting on the can and there's no toilet paper? <laughs> that is a stressful situation that you will learn to deal with by writing it down. Well, you got your phone with you. You might as well write it down. <laughs> and, and you write down, buy toilet paper and you put it on a list and that list is going to be somewhere useful to you at the point when you can do, do something do about people, toilet paper. Do people do that? Take the phone in there and use it in there? Adam was the first person I knew of that used a uh, phone on the toilet. And I think it's inspired a lot of people. <laughs> you know, one in four uh, mobile phones in Britain has fecal matter on it. turns out. I know. Did you read that article? Uh, yeah, we talked about it on the Frequency, a daily news and talk show that we do every Brutal. day at 10 a.m. Eastern time. Uh, almost everybody in England lies about washing your hands. Washing their so hands. weird. Hey, that company sent me some soap, by the way. I guess oh, yeah. Did you get some? Uh, no, they have not sent us any soap. Okay, we'll talk about it in the after dark. Yeah. Um, and so I think this is worth looking at because even if you're not stressed out, you probably should be stressed out because not because I want you to be unhappy, but because once you realize all the stuff you are, there's levels to this. There are things that you have to do in the sense that there are other people expecting something of you and there are consequences to not doing it. Um, there are things you have to do because it's part of an ongoing, whatever, if, if you like maintenance projects, there might be quarterly reports that you have to do for work that you've been putting off or not putting off. Those are things you have to do too. There are other things you have to do in my case at picking my kid up at school. That is what David Allen calls the, I think he calls it the hard landscape. Those are things that don't move. If I don't pick my kid up at school, I don't get a redo tomorrow. I've blown it. Um, and then there are other things you have to do like, like learn to take care of relationships with people that you value. You have to do all of that stuff. But until you know what all those things are, you haven't even gotten to the point of the things that you'd like to do. All the things that you like to do, you sit around and say, that's fine for Merlin because you have all these things you have to do, even though you may not know what all those things are. And until you know all the stuff you have to do and to put it into a system that you can trust, it's going to be very difficult to let your mind go into the pliant state that allows you to even think about doing something cool. 
it's certainly a through line with everything we talk about on here. Mm-hmm. If you're unhappy with work, there's a pretty good chance that you have not gotten beyond the altitude of what's on my desk that's making me want to kill myself. And so, and so that's what I think this, this, this offers you. And it's a, getting things done is a, one of its great successes and risky um, downsides is you do really have to jump into it as a whole system. Um, and as David Allen likes to say, I, I believe I'm paraphrasing, but you know, you need to find leaks, right? If you're not writing things down regularly, if you're not putting things on your calendar, Dan, there's a good chance that you're going to drop some balls. Right. If I didn't have my calendar, I would completely lose my mind. If it's not on the calendar, it's not going to happen. This is certainly something I picked up from getting things done. Um, you know, what do you have to do to become so tightly wound about certain kinds of things, a handful of things that you can be not tightly wound about everything else? If you can't get to the point where you know enough about your work to walk away from it, how can you enjoy the rest of your life? And how can you even have work and life? It's possible that work and life can, can intercede, but you have the confidence to know that stuff is not being forgotten. And so this is accomplished in part through a, a fairly Byzantine system yeah. of projects and tasks that we'll talk about. But it's also by introducing something called a weekly review, where you go through every single project that you have on your plate and you decide whether you're going to do anything about it. If you're going to do something about it, what is the next physical action that you need to do to keep, get it or keep it in motion? And if you're not going to do it, take it off the list. But I can't I'm good to do it. Well, fine. Why, why, why bother? Why don't you just do everything? That's how the system works. Because now, once you've seen all that on a piece of paper, once you've done a mental sweep and seen 79 things you either have to or kind of do, and you've got to keep pushing, buddy. You've got to keep pushing past the 10 things you know you've got to do at work all the way down. I want to save for college, and that's freaking me out. I want to go to Europe before I die. Mm-hmm. All that stuff goes on that list. And when you look at all of that, it will become intractably obvious to you that there's no way you can do all of that without only doing some of that. <laughs> You're not allowed to think that you can do all that stuff until you first know what all of that stuff is. And that is such a slap and such a irrefutable um, piece of evidence about why you are stressed out and why you're not accomplishing as much as you want. And so what you need in this instance is to put a system in place where you know where everything goes and you know what to do about it. And if you have a next physical action associated with every outcome you would like to see in your life, it's surprisingly refreshing. It's no longer just a bunch of lists that you make and then throw in a drawer. It's a way of having a functional component to the way your life and work operates that allows you to enjoy what you do and to enjoy uh, the times that you're not doing the work that you do. You know, it's, it's how many times have we talked about this, getting away, going on vacation and still, still feeling like you're tethered to all of these things. You got to stay in touch. You got to do this. Well, you haven't managed the expectation. You manage expectations by talking to people about what you're actually going to do and when, and not coming up with unreasonable assurances about things you can't do. Because you know what you can do. If you work through this system, you go through these steps, you're going to be able to do stuff like pop open your calendar like I do and say, I can't do it that day because I know I have, to, I have to pick my kid up that, that night and I have to be up early the next day. Lots of people can say, oh, I'm pretty open in January. But if you don't write that down, well, what if you double book that? What if you didn't account for the fact, oh, I, didn't, I forgot my family's in town then? Well, then you got to call somebody and bum them out by saying, I can't do it. It's certainly something I do, but I try 
desperately to avoid it because it hurts your credibility and it makes you sad. So I don't know if I've made enough of a pitch here, but um, after Dan tells you about something you like, I'll talk a little more about how I, I got here and, and why it, it, it was so important to me that I ended up creating a website um, that is at least in part an homage to getting things done. But can you tell me about something you like? Is that, are you talking about Kung, Kung Fu Grip or um, the, the homage? Yeah, I got to ask you a question, Dan. <laughs> Go ahead, Colin. I, I understand that on the internet, there's a way to have a, what they call domain names associated with an IP address. <laughs> or what they call a, a CDN of the AC name. Tell them about Hover. Hover.com, simplified domain management. So this is what I like. First of all, everybody out there, you want the .com first. If that's not available, you want the .net. But I don't think like that anymore. I think for the .co or the .tv first, like hypercritical.co. That's uh, John Syracuse's site where he puts his stuff up. And I'm pretty sure he got that at Hover. I get all my domains there now. I switched all my old ones. Uh, there's a couple left. I still got to move over. Why? Because they make it so easy to do all of this stuff. Like the registration process should be simple. You should, and, and they make it simple. They have a search form right there. You just type, it's just like, just like your favorite search engine. You're searching mm-hmm. for a domain. Is it available? If it is, click the little plus box, buy it, and you're done. If it's not available... They will show you alternatives, just like a search engine would. And the alternatives that come up with are actually pretty good. I'm not sure how they're doing it, but a lot of places will just put like an, an adjective next to the word that you typed in. They actually come up with some really good domain names. And they also <laughs> are tied into like uh, the auction sites and things so that like if a site is for sale, I mean, a domain oh, is that's for sale, so smart. you can so- see it and you can say, well, you know, it doesn't just say, oh, well, that's taken. It'll say that's that's available at 250 bucks. Well, maybe you don't want to pay 250 bucks, so you get the .co or whatever. Uh, but they give you that, and it's, it's very cool. They have a toll-free number on the front page. In fact, on every page of their site, you just pick up the phone and call. They have a no-hold policy. Someone just answers the phone, and they can help you. And uh, I like the DNS management that's built in. If you want to get email hosting, they, they do that too. And uh, they're really, really great at everything that they do. And I know the, I know them. I know the folks that work over there. They've been a longtime supporter of five by five now. And, uh, and I, and I use them myself because they're great. You can check them out at, if you go to hover.com slash Dan sent me, or just use the code Dan sent me while you're at hover and uh, you'll get 10% off everything you buy. And you can use the code as many times as you want. You do. I do. I used, I just actually transferred, uh, one of my personal domains away from, uh, another registrar this morning. I'm ready, Dan. I'm I'm really ready to pull the trigger. I'd love to do this by the end of the year. I wanna I wanna get with their uh the the concierge because I, I need I need to I need to make a change. I really need to make a change. I need to just do this. I went through this whole thing uh of wanting to change away from a well known uh domain registrar la- last year and I totally ate the booger because I forgot that I had set it to don't email me about stuff. And so it didn't send me <laughs> the approval codes to transfer. And so I need a, I need a Sherpa. I need a domain Sherpa. I'm very excited to use them. And, you know, when I asked people what I should be using, um, they were, I think, probably the top response from people. Like, no question, go, go use Hover. Yeah, they're great. And this is the and thing. This is even, even, like though they're, even though they're Canadian, you're okay with that? Well, I mean, yeah. nobody's perfect. They're pretty close. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I feel like, um, I feel like you get you to take the good with the bad. Hmm. Our thanks. 
<laughs> no, they're they're really great. They are really great. And, they are uh, really great. And I mean, and all I you have to do it. is just ask your buddies, and they'll tell you that like it doesn't get much better than uh, Hover. So our thanks to uh, uh, Hover for supporting Five by Five and Back to Work. How are we doing on time? We are sixty three minutes in. Oh, good. So we should we should probably wrap it up pretty soon. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm trying to you know. I don't know what I'm trying to do. I don't know either. So, so notwithstanding the fact that I have been pretty terrible at this stuff, and I am not sandbagging, um, 43 folders would not have started if I weren't uh, constantly struggling with uh, a lot of the issues around productivity and producing work that I like. It's something that um, has dogged me for a really long time. Um, on a tertiary level, like the, wow, I really regret that I, I didn't try harder to do acting or being a musician, or writing verse, or all the things that I, you know, taken somewhat seriously in the past. I'm not a big regret guy. But what I, what I do, what I don't like is walking around feeling like there's stuff I'm not doing that I need to be doing, and then feeling bad about how I feel bad about that. Mm. I think that's a pretty common pattern for people. And for the typical, uh, I'm not going to say what you say, for the typical person who has a, a job. No, go ahead. What do you call them? It's corporate. Corp- stooge. Corporate stooge for the typical corporate stooge with, but which both, uh, both of us have been. Um, I think, I think there's a state of perma stress that we tend to walk around in and you rarely feel that more acutely than times when the economy's not doing great. People are being laid off. Um, and suddenly you get even more work at the same time that you are, you may, you know, th- they may take a team of seven people just, randomly take a team of seven people let three of them go and then take the amount of work those people were doing and redistribute it over the remaining people so if you think you're busy now like get ready the strap on's coming it could always you could always have more work coming and unless you have a system in place for dealing with all of that and managing expectations accordingly i can understand why you would say that's fine for merlin because you don't have hope in your life um and and i think this is a system that can do that so for me this really I hope I'm remembering it correctly, but the story that I always tell, and this is, this is a, I think a mostly true story. Um, I mean, I know it's a true story. I, 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 I want to make sure that I'm, I'm reporting it accurately chronologically, but I was doing some project management. Um, I started out doing, you know, web design and then some web development and, uh, <laughs> and eventually I sucked so much at both. that Then I started sucking at uh, being a project manager and being a project manager is such In my experience, it is such a, um, it doesn't, that kind of position does not receive nearly the respect that it deserves. I think a lot of people think that project management is gold plating in the way that they used to think that user experience was gold plating. Like, no, well, everybody just do their work and we don't need a project manager, which is kind of like saying, well, everybody just drive really fast because we don't want to invest in traffic lights. (laughs) There needs to be somebody who knows what everybody is doing and has the power to intervene when it's not going to work out. So if we're going over budget, if we're going over time, um, I mean, for those of you who've, who've been around good project managers, you know, there's nothing like it. There's just, it's just, it's the best. Um, because it can be somebody that lets you focus on whatever the, the, um, the skills of which you are a gifted practitioner rather than you sitting around and fiddling and worrying about stuff. They are, they are bearing part of the burden of, getting something accomplished in a way that we cannot on our own, uh, accomplish well. 
And sometimes they do things like they are the interface between the stakeholders, the managers, and the people who are doing the actual work, which are not the managers. I kid, not really. Um, and at the time, I was working, uh, I'm not going to make you mad by saying where, but I was working at a small uh, user experience firm here mm-hmm. in town that suddenly got extremely busy. And they had two employees. They had a manager, who's one of my favorite and most respected people in the world. And they had a sales and accounts person. They had two employees. And I was almost the third employee. It didn't work out. But then they brought me in to do project management for, especially for the the tall fellow there who was getting overwhelmed. And um, hmm. it was one of the most challenging jobs I've ever had. Yeah. Because I really felt like... I felt like tennis balls were being shot at my head all day long. Um, to, to paraphrase, I think it, I forget, it was not Jeff Altman, but the guy that I'm always quoting, it's like trying to shoot a bullet with a bullet, you know, <laughs> trying to do things like we, when we first started joking about Tungle and stuff like that, the, 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 the seemingly simple task of trying to schedule a 45 minute phone call with five people. Like this is like a bar bet. You say to somebody, Hey, let me ask you a question. Uh, Hey, well, you think you're going to schedule a phone call with five people? And they go, of course, I'm not stupid. I just put it on the calendar. Really? Is one of them in Europe? Uh, is one of them only going to be available at a certain time? Um, is one of them going to have to be prepared by one of the other ones? Are there going to be what we in the business call dependencies? Are they in different time zones? Did you remember to ask about those time zones? Are there four people who were adults that committed to it, and then one person who never responded. Because <laughs> it's super duper hard. Because you know what happens then? You get it wired, and it's all done, and then one person changes it. Or one person doesn't show up for the call. And the time of those four other people is suddenly wasted. I'm getting into a personal value here. But that is super hard to do when you're doing that for five projects, which I never should have tried to do. And I felt like I was losing it, and I felt like this is something I should that I had at least the, even though I'm not a particularly organized person, I was like, I should have the basic skills. I know these people, I understand the problem domain enough that I should be able to do this. But the logistics of how I did it were utterly failing. And I found myself casting about for tools. This is before uh, like Google Calendar got good. I was trying to do everything through Yahoo Calendar. And now people are emailing me because they can't change this event and they can't log in. And it was nearly impossible. Because ultimately, my job, more than just like a empowered, high-level project manager, I was also an administrator. Or not what a does sec- that mean? Well, you know, you don't say secretary anymore, but I was a lot like what they used to call a secretary or an administrative assistant, where what I did was somebody said, hey, I need to do this thing. Can you take care of that? And I'd say, of course. And uh, right around that time, um, two things I learned about. I learned about Danny O'Brien's Life Hacks Talk which we could go into maybe next week. And I learned about getting things done. And I read it and it immediately resonated with me. And I immediately started putting it in place. And it immediately made me realize what a dumbass I've been to try and carry so much stuff around in my brain and focus so much on logistics that I lost track of outcomes. Um, And so it really, it inspired me in the true Aristotelian sense of the word. It filled me with air, Um, (laughs) obviously. But putting that in place, uh, I still, I, I was not a huge success at that job and eventually yeah. started a blog about GTD. But um, it had such an influence on me because I realized that all of the little tricks 
that I thought were working for me were not working for me and see if any of these sound familiar. I have a creative project I want to do. I have a novel I want to write. So I'm going to drag down my Saturday on my electronic calendar. I'm going to say that I'm going to write for nine hours on this Saturday. Mm. And then what happens? Saturday arrives and you got to drive your kid to the doctor or maybe uh, you got the trots and don't have time to start writing. Maybe you just didn't feel like it. And then what do you do? Well, first, if you're really honest, you realize you just broke a deal with yourself. You put something on the calendar that represented your commitment to being somewhere in time and space. And even though you're like a grown-up who like knows how to drive a car and like fix a sink, you're so stupid that you made a deal that you completely understood and then broke it. So what do you do? You do it again next Saturday, you break it again next Saturday, and pretty soon you really are like a bona fide dumbass because you, you, you don't understand enough about how your life works to understand what that means to consistently break commitments with yourself, let alone with the rest of the world. You put something on there that didn't never really matter to you or you would have done it. And you start to think in the same way that you think about New Year's resolutions, you start to think that this calendar can be a substitute for care or a substitute for honesty. And it can't. And if, if you accept that, then you should really accept that your quote unquote to-do list can never be a replacement for understanding what outcomes are important to you. You know, um, there's been a lot of kind of um, silver age productivity systems that have this idea of creating a daily to-do list where if there's anything left over from yesterday, you move it to the list to today and so on and so on and so forth. There are systems where you can actually have this little thing that flips over to the next page and have a daily to-do list. And you start, for me anyway, I can only speak for myself here. Mm -hmm. I realized how crazy that was to do all that. I, I, you know, I eventually became like a monk, you know, who was charged with, you know, moving this Aramaic stuff over to a scroll and, uh, sorry, Greek. And, and, and that, you know, that's, that's not smart. I, I, at that point you really are churning. You're churning over stuff because you're not doing it. And all that time you spend worrying about that and all the time that you spend fiddling with this administrative stuff is not time that you're doing the stuff you need to do. Mm -hmm. And this gets me to a huge point of getting things done that is very difficult for people to accept, which is that thinking is harming you. Thinking at the point when you need to do your work, you should not be thinking. Specifically, you should not be thinking about what other work you can or should be doing. Given the tools, the energy, the access, the priorities, and uh, what was the other one? There's four points. Context, energy, time available, and priority. You should know enough about what your job is and what you're committed to doing to be able to make a decision at any point. And if something changes it shouldn't completely throw you off, right? If a rock gets thrown into your pond, it shouldn't screw up your entire week. And so that, that is very, very difficult for people to accept. And anyway, that's why I, I think this can, can be as potentially as useful for you as it has been for me. Um, because it says that essentially you need an external system. And, but that external system needs to be honest and it needs to be up to date and it needs to be practical. Um, you need to not commit to five things on uh, a holiday party night. Uh, you need to not plan to do 50 things uh, each day, especially if it's the same 50 things that you thought you were going to do yesterday. You need a way to understand what you're trying to accomplish in life or in work or even just today. 
And you need to understand what the positive outcome of having accomplished that will look like. You need a series of physical tasks to support that. And of all those physical tasks, you need to know what the next action is that you need to accomplish physically before you get closer to completion. Mm. Then you need a way to go back through all of that stuff at least once a week in a way that keeps it up to date and practical. And what that means is you can throw stuff in your in basket. Um, you don't throw it on your calendar. You throw it in your inbox. It's a good idea to try and churn through your inbox every day if you can stand it. And uh, that's when you make decisions about whether it belongs there or not. If you just keep adding stuff to a list without ever taking stuff off the list, then that list is dead. If you put one thing on your calendar that you know you're not going to do, you're basically, you're putting compost into your crisper. It's not a way to live. Every task that goes on my list is a, a physical thing that I can describe doing to somebody that I plan to do in the next two weeks. That's my system. Um, and if I see too many projects in there, remember the, the episode where I told you I killed like 70 projects? That's because all a project is in getting things done is a positive outcome that requires more than two physical steps. And that's, that's a lot of project. A project. Yeah, but if you've got a project called France, okay, well, what's the next action for that? <laughs> so what we'll talk about next week uh, is getting things done and how to get started with it. There's a, one of my first famous 43 folders posts is called Getting Started with Getting Things Done. And um, it's, uh, it's in show notes. Um, and uh, that's what I want to help you guys with is walking through this. I, I hope I've made a case for why this is potentially useful. And next week, we'll talk about really getting into the system, how to put it in place, um, and how the philosophical underpinnings of getting things done can express themselves, themselves in your tactical uh, components. I'm going to start reading this book. <laughs> well, you got it. It's your show. Yeah, man, I'm going to read it. Yeah, it's been a long yeah. time. I can't. Re I can't remember that. I I definitely didn't implement enough of it. Because look at me well, now. You know. Um, look at me I, now. I, look at you now. Look at you now. Look at you. Look at yourself. Do you exactly. have a mission statement? You don't have a mission statement, do you? No. Huh. <laughs> do you know your priorities? <laughs> I I don't. Uh, so yeah, your your next action for the look at getting things. Ah, oh, great thing. David Allen talks about the look into project before you commit to something, create a new project called look into look into getting things done. Well, what does that mean? I don't know. What does that mean to you? Well, I'm trying to decide whether I want to do this getting things done system. Okay. You have a new look into project called look into getting things done. What's the first thing I do? Uh, I don't know. Well, how about you Google getting things done? Well, that's pretty good. Can you do that? Uh, can you do that uh, when you're driving in your car? No. Where can you do that? Uh, I can do that when I'm at my computer. Okay. So you have a new task called Google getting things done with the context of computer. Oh, that's really silly. Why would I need to do that? Because otherwise, if you can't imagine, imagine yourself doing the task, preferably I try to break my task into stuff that'll be less than 20 minutes because everybody gets interrupted, then you'll never do it. You'll know, you know lots of stuff. You know lots of stuff. But you don't know all of it. You don't know when it needs to be done. And you haven't thought through what has to happen in order for them to be done. So here's your next action. Your next action is to uh, uh, find, buy, borrow, check out from the library a copy of uh, Getting Things Done and read as much of it as you can by uh, next week's program. Will you commit to at least trying that, Dan? I will do it. I'll read the whole thing. Will you at least pretend that you've read it for next week? I will actually read it. And yes, I will also pretend that I've read it. Perfect. You want to tell me about something you like? I would like to tell you about Squarespace.com. Oh, I love Squarespace.com. make an amazing oh. website. An amazing website. Fully hosted. Completely managed. Environment. For creating, maintaining a beautiful website, a blog, a portfolio. So it doesn't really matter what you know about this. You could be, you know, 
You could be Merlin Man and webmaster. I could make a website, whatever I, I want to do. Cookie, blah, blah. I can do whatever I want to do. I live in a fancy town. Or you can be a beginner. You can be somebody that's never done this stuff before. And you can just drag and drop and build a site. You can pick one of their templates, which is pretty awesome. And uh, if you do, and I recommend just going with one of theirs and customizing it because they're responsive. That means that the site will restructure itself automatically to fit in every single device out there. And it will do this while maintaining the beauty of the site's design. So that means if you look at something on your fancy iPad mini. Look at me. I buy as many as I want. I bought a mini. Let's talk about it on the show. Uh, I bought bought a Nexus just to turn on my iPad. Yeah, it'll look good on those. It won't deliver that. You know what it also does? It doesn't look as stupid. poor version of the mobile version of the It doesn't look stupid, Dan. It looks looks beautiful and it doesn't look stupid. That's right. You look good. It's so frustrating to me to go to a site. This is the hilarious part. There are sites sometimes that you go to where they're the mobile version of a site um, that are like kind of pseudo responsive. And if you try to zoom in on stuff, all the navigation disappears. That doesn't happen here. It's weird. And there's the things that I understand about Squarespace is that you can think about Squarespace if you choose to in concentric circles, um, which is at the heart of it is a very easy to use solid system for getting your content, as Dan says, um, onto the web. Um, and you could choose in any variety of ways to move out from there. If you have stuff to import from a popular blog or CMS system, it'll handle that. If you want the ability to change the way your site looks, you can do that. If you want to have your two side rails or just a side rail on the right or side rail on the left, all standard stuff. That's all real easy to do, and it's all in there. If you want to have your files hosted right on there and not have to deal with that, and you want to have your podcast on there, it'll do that. If you want 100% control, I guess 100%, 100 is a lot of percent. If you want almost complete control over your website, what do they do, Dan? They can get this whole thing checked out as a Git repository. They can also access it via SFTP. They can control every single line of HTML, of CSS, of JavaScript customize the heck out of this thing if you want or you can hire a developer to do it exactly you go out and you find somebody you trust and they uh they help you hire a uh, web rabbi who can do this stuff and you just you can be totally hands off with it and hand it over to them it's not like in a lot of in the past it used to be well we hired a web designer and we hired a pearl guy and they've never met like this is something where with the with this shared git, git repository it makes it easy for everybody to work together on this it's all it's all just big piles of json right I, I have no idea how at all. I think it's all JSON. Yeah, probably. I've had to learn a little JSON. JSON and the Argonauts. <laughs> you got to check this thing out. And Dan, where do people go to learn more about, uh, about the Squarespace system? <laughs> they, they're the best place for them to it's go. It's not funny. No, I know it isn't. Okay. It's Squarespace. It's all, it's all Greek to me. Squarespace.com slash back to work. And that will start your trial if you decide to purchase. You click the thing that says enter an offer code. And the offer is it code the same offer code as last week. Yeah, yeah, because Are you it's sure this is right. It's still the same offer code. Can you say bro- it, please? Broasted bro- bird. Broasted bird, one word. Ten percent off in addition to the discounts that you get if you sign up for a year. So if you sign up to the month to month plan, it's ten bucks. Mm-hmm. You sign up for their like super unlimited plan, it's twenty bucks. If you sign up for a year, twenty percent off. Two years, twenty five percent off. You get free domain name with either of those. But if yeah. you're not sure, if you just want to go month to month, that's fine too. 10% off roasted bird. A lot of people don't understand. You can roast a bird. You can bake a bird. But did you know that there is, as they say in, uh, in, in the Buddhist practice, a third path, <laughs> which is broasting. There is a, you can Buddhism oven, is the only direct path, Merlin. It's not the only path. It's also it, the only indirect path. Did I just blow your mind? 
Bros. Roasted burr. Please, please go. Wait, let me try that again. <laughs> Yeah. Do you and, and you'll have to look at, I suggest as an exercise to the listener that they they research the broster company of Wisconsin. Oh, there's no Wisconsin brosters. No, of course not. Isn't that a myth? Isn't no. that like the guy in the uh in the uh, in the back seat with an axe? <laughs> no. You sure about that? Yeah, what go about look it the, up. What about the uh what about the ten thousand dollar cookie? Is that real? I don't know. That's that's a myth. That is definitely a myth. Okay. What about love at first sight? Also a myth. Hmm. What about Gene Gray constantly coming back from the dead? Also a myth. You go to squarespace.com slash back to work. Your uh, offer code this month is Bristed Bird. Bristed for Bird. extra 10% off whatever you get Bristed Bird. Our thanks to Squarespace and little Ryan and company and the wonderful team that somehow managed to have a bucket brigade that carried diesel fuel up to a building during Sandy yeah. for sporting 5 by 5 and back to work. So my understanding, I don't know that I've ever had something that was broasted, but it's apparently it's breaded, it's marinated, it's breaded, it's fried, and then pressure cooked. I think you're talking about a Monte Cristo. Oh, the money. Uh, I can't even keep count of all the Monte Cristos I've had. I think I need to eat. I think I just, was that a Dumas joke? What, what kind of joke did I just make? Dumas. 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 Pair of feel. Oh, back to the Francais. <laughs> Le getting things, sir, la done. Dumas. No, 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 no. Mes ongles sont parfaits de salon. There is no idiomatic way to say my nails are salon perfect in French. It's don't, incorrect to say mes ongles sont parfaits de salon. Don't say si, c'est oui. Si, si. Oh, oh, no, uh, 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 uh. Nobody has ever said anything right in French. <laughs> and not <sighs> even the not rain e- has such small hands. Such small hands. Such lowercase. Hmm. I'm coming right now. You want to button this up? <laughs> sure. <laughs> I love you. Love you too, Merlin. Merlin.